Let me just tell you, when you're going down the go public route, you can say all the affirmations you want. It ain't going to get you fucking nowhere. To be able to keep all the plates spinning is just, is not to stop. And I analogize this to, you know, our previous lineage, all of us as human beings. If you can't juggle six or eight or 10 plates, you'd be dead. The one thing that ChatGPT has taught me, unless if I need a bone fix, motherfucker, I'll ask ChatGPT before I go to a doctor because it's at least going to comb the internet for a general unbiased opinion. Good morning, Blake. Good afternoon. Uh, live from Oahu, Hawaii. I believe Blake is in Vancouver. Am I right, Blake? Right. Uh, Blake and I are new friends, but old souls. The more I've gotten to know Blake, uh, you know, I've called Jason Kamaina for about 20 years, and uh, I'd have to say the same thing about Blake. I got a little email on him yesterday that said campfire stories, and what we like to call this this show, it's about talking story like we do in the mornings with the uncles uh, paddling out in the surf. Uh, Blake, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Do you want the Coles notes or do you want the, the long version? Then we hit end at the end of it. Mm -hmm. I want bionic man. Bionic man. Um, <laughs> I grew up on a farm in Southern Alberta, you know, kind of, you know, West central Canada. And I think that's where, the enthusiasm for life and the adventure for life really kicked in uh, because you're constantly out fishing, you're out farming, you're hunting, you're adventuring. That's where the wanderlust really set in. And at about eight years old, my dad parked the truck in the middle of the driveway and he said, okay, here's the tools, change the oil. And it was figure things out from that point on. And uh, it's one of the things that I really enjoyed about growing up on a farm is that it, it, it set that adventure spirit in you but also that you can't there's nothing that you can't do because you have to do everything so that's for that's the essence of the the bionic man you know and air quotes kicks in <laughs> and uh, from there it went into uh flying helicopters at high school and uh wow. going to trinity western you know to dive a little bit more into the the fitness fitness theory personal training uh kinesiology program there to owning uh, a few fitness businesses along the way, dabbling into commercial finance by way of UBC, UBC Sutter School of Business, um, and then just meeting fantastic people like you along the way and hearing their stories and finding interesting ways to be able to collaborate with people. So I love that's that. The, that's the Coles notes, but we can dive into all the categories from there. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go into kind of what got us here. So, Last week, we had my co-founder and I would say your companion and life partner, Alyssa, uh, on the podcast. Um, and Alyssa was so gracious to introduce me to you because I had somewhat vulnerably hit a wall, uh, been spent the last 36 months uh, taking on uh, capital into the business, pressing 100 hours a week, going through COVID, and candidly and vulnerably gaining almost 55 pounds. And a couple months ago, or about a month ago, getting a blood pressure test that read very high. And all of a sudden, I said to myself, 
I need to get my shit together. Thankfully, we have Alyssa and IR Labs that is helping me run the business day to day and letting me focus on my body and my health. And I don't believe in coincidences. Uh, you know, orthogonal is the idea of right angles coming together. Um, Alyssa was on with us last week at Cayenne Point where we showed her how the North and the West come together at Cayenne Point. So I feel like, you know, there are specific reasons we met and a lot of where we're going with the podcast now, because obviously we're involved with mental health and plant medicine, but you know, you actually have to do the work. You can have all these tools in the toolbox, but if you don't use them, it doesn't mean anything. On that, on that sort of metaphor, you talk a lot with me about your knife in your backpack. So you are obviously a tier one businessman by day, and you also have the bat backpack knife, cold plunge sauna uh, that is part of your life also. Can you guide us through how that works and how to keep parity in our lives? Oh, that's, it's energy. Like I, I truly believe kind of the same note that you just made, like it really comes down to the energy that you're willing to be able to bring to life. Um, I feel the number one reason why a lot of people have a tough time, you know, with really finding any kind of balance or, I would say connection with different aspects of their life is they have misguided energy. You know, the, this is where it's not laying true and authentic to oneself and what one wants to do with their life. Because when I talk to a lot of people, they're like, how do you get up at, you know, three thirty, four o'clock every morning? You know, if you've gone to bed at eight, 10 or, you know, 12, whether you're getting two hours of sleep, four hours of sleep, because I love what I do. You know, and, and I love the different components about it. And I love the, I love the different challenges because I, I realized and to kind of piggyback on what I said about growing up on a farm is it instilled this essence in me of life isn't about doing one thing and you can't just do one thing. And I find what really rotted my soul out of myself as a human being is when I tried to live this, this way of life of just this nine to five or that this, you know, 10 or 12 a day doing one singular thing. I thrive. My soul thrives. My heart thrives. My energy thrives off doing it all. Like, I but, but, it. but how do you, but how do you do your, from what I understand, and I'm going to tell you my, my cliff notes that I've gotten, I'm hearing father of four kids, commercial real estate business, and then ultra athlete, how do you do it? Because I will tell you, so before I got here today and I've been training now for the last two weeks, I paddled, I had to get up, you know, get up just like you do 334, paddled 12 miles this morning, did my cold plunge sauna. I mean, I feel great. I'm pushing it hard, but like it takes a lot. Some of those days you just don't want to do nothing. How do you consistently push it because I have a lot of help but from what I hear is you're like uh you're super dad you're superhuman well, man I I'll ask it to you like this because I think like like you posed a very great question that's why I was going down the convoluted route of you know like the explanation and and 
like people always kind of want like, well, what, what's your answer? Like what, what's, how do you do it? Like what's your special sauce? Right. And like, I always come back to this conclusion of that. If human beings were designed to do as little as what human beings do today, we would have been dead a long time ago. It is my obligation as a human being to do this life. Like I tell people all the time, the, the most ruthless guy now is the laziest woman. And I realize this analogy is going to be controversial. It's the most laziest woman from like 100 <laughs> years ago. You know, like you're I love controversial. the most gangster guy right now. He's just like, oh, I'm fucking CrossFit, this, that, you know, like I'm hardcore. I run ultras. I got 10 businesses. I'm, I sit on five boards and it's like, great. Tell me about the, tell me about the woman with a washboard and eight kids and she's scrubbing clothes by hand, hanging them on a laundry thing trekking to a well cranking the well getting water grabbing cast iron pots chopping firewood wow. stoking the thing making bread churning butter like that's people those are people wow. a guy saying behind a, a plow with an ox and going through a field like that's people those are human beings those are the people who paved the way so we could sit on a podcast here so when people say to me like how do you do it 18 hours a day or 20 hours a day? Or why do you think you can run 273 kilometers when you've never ran over a hundred K before? And it's like, it's my obligation to keep the species going. It's my obligation to provide examples to people to say, yeah, it sucks. Like I always say to people, I'm like, what keeps me going is there'll be nothing in life that drags me to the worst corner of the basement of hell, because I will take myself there routinely every day, every day. That's why I get up every day and I do it. I will sit in the ice bath for eight minutes. I will sit in it for 10 minutes. I will kick my wow. feet. I will dunk my head. I will put my snorkel on to go under longer. I'll make the sauna hundred <laughs> degrees, you know, 110. It's like 220, 230. I will work out in the sauna. I will anything. I will work out underwater in the pool. I will do all these things because life itself right now is so mediocre. And I come from a lineage of explorers. I come from a lineage of people who built life. Farmers build life. We have life today because of people like my lineage created life for people. And if anything that I do an example of this is when I was in my, I was like 10 or 12 years old. And I said to my grandma, I'm working on the farm. And my dad's got me picking rocks in the field. He parks a half ton truck in the middle of the field. And it's like 35 degrees Celsius in the middle of summer in the desert. And I'm picking rocks and hauling them to the truck and putting them in. And I get back home and say to my grandma, I'm like, man, I'm so tired. Like we we're out in the field for like, seems like 20 hours today. And she's like, yeah. And there's another four. And I was like, okay, wow. fair enough. Because I mean, I, got, the, I, the, I have, no, go ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, no, like, go ahead. that's the lineage of people that I come from, but that's the lineage of the people we all come from. Human beings wouldn't be on this planet today if you couldn't paddle 100 miles today. Like, fuck 12 miles. 
if if that's what human beings were if that's all human beings were capable of doing we would be dead we'd be exterminated as a species if if you could only have exposure to cold for eight minutes or 10 minutes we'd be dead if you couldn't be productive in heat we would be dead if you couldn't forage for your own food we'd be dead we we create these artificial environments today to give ourselves a pat on the back but it's easy but it's like the obligation to carry our species forward is to be able to to test who you are and that's why for me there's nothing i'm going to do in my day that tests my capabilities as a human being so i have to artificially create those and i willingly do it i love running on a treadmill looking at myself in the mirror and just smiling when my calves are cramping up and my legs want to give up and that demon in your mind is like it's okay to stop like why are you even doing this you don't even have to do this anymore okay another mile you know like okay now we can stop no like another two miles man like of course you can stop like i ran the world's hardest obstacle course that's like 65 or 70 miles and I broke down halfway, laid on the ground and cried. But I'm like, that's why I came. I didn't come to do it. I didn't come to cross the finish line. I, I came to wake up at two o'clock in the morning and bribe the Coast Guard to take us across the ocean to the place where we need to start, to my hamstrings cramping up in the first 5K and feeling like I can't even move and then being emotionally broken halfway through and wanting to quit. I came for that. I came to know that that's, that's what we're capable of. Like, like that is why we are here is to do and know that we can survive moments like that, because there's nothing that's really all that challenging anymore. I don't think like, like time doing things for a prolonged period of time, it's not challenging. It's not challenging at all. Sitting at a desk for 20 hours staring at a computer screen is annoying. It's not challenging. Well, they're saying, you know, they're saying now that sitting down is is the new smoking, which, you know, I would agree. Uh, I think what got me into my own rut was being a slave to my phone and just constant, like, you get into a habit loop you have kids, you have work, you get stressed out. All of a sudden, days become months, they become years. And I don't know what happened. But, you know, I've been going out in the surf every day. And, you know, one of the surf instructors said to me, they go, God, it's so weird. When I take like a couple days off, I can feel, you know, I can, I, I can feel when I'm not surfing every day or it's almost like you have to use it and it's it's all parts of the body mind and soul another tangent i wanted to go down because i know you are also somebody that understands psychedelics i'll leave it as that i'm interested to know how you categorize because what ends up happening to me is like i go down this road and i'll do a thousand journeys on psychedelics and you know, get myself really emotional intelligent. But then something else in my life, like what has happened now where my health has taken a toll and now I go to the extreme. 
And now for me, obviously, it's it's keeping all these plates going. And it's like, I guess my question is, is how do you keep it? Do you just have to be so regimented to keep like all those plates spinning? And then like, how do you determine like mental health, psychedelics, working out, work? Like, how do you organize all those boxes? Well, I think... Again, um, I only speak this from a, a male perspective because it's the only perspective I know. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that uh, that it. a lot of males that I know are great at compartmentalization. You know, so, yeah. you know, like to be able to keep all the plates spinning is just is not to stop, you know, and, and I and I analogize this to, you know, our previous lineage, all of us as human beings. If you can't juggle six or eight or 10 plates, you'd be dead a hundred yeah. years ago. Like if you couldn't juggle the plate of not having food security, cause there's no grocery stores to go to on top of your shelter is a sawed hut, maybe, you know, or like, you know, depending on where you are, like you, you need to craft your own weaponry. You need to have sons to carry on the names and to help you out. Like if you can't juggle plates, and this is what I'm saying, like, is that, it's your obligation to, it's your obligation, male or female, to keep those plates spinning and to be able to keep them in the air and to keep juggling and to add more. And the thing is, it, it's the way that I look at it, like I said to you before, it's like, I enjoy what I'm doing, but I don't sandbag myself by doing one thing for 18 hours a day. The one thing I do for 18 hours a day is I live my life, you know, and if I do, you know, like I just recently took on a project of, you know, deciding to plant a three acre pumpkin patch for the boys and girls club here where we live and all the proceeds are going to go to them. And now I spend, you know, four hours a day managing this project and it's a six or eight month long project. And I'm like, great, because hopefully we can, you know, give a $40,000 check or a $30,000 check for, for food to the boys and girls club. It's like, why, why would I, if you have a child, if you have a, a compassion, like, why wouldn't you do that? Like, cause the alternative for most people is, is wasting more time because, you know, like, this is what I see is like the, the correlation, I'll spend more time doing X. So that means that I'm doing more. And I used to be in the position where, uh, you know, you're doing the $5 an hour job, the $50 an hour job and the $500 an hour job. Now, where the psychedelics have come into play with me, because like yourself, I've been dabbling in psychedelics for, you know, almost 25 years, is it helps me keep that vision going and knowing that it's okay. Because it, it calms down the demons that lay inside me, that beast that I want inside me that keeps me getting up every day. But it's like, it gives that beast you know, a little trim on the fingernails and a, and a haircut, you know, and maybe a little lipstick on Saturday nights. It reminds you know, me of my, like, it reminds me of my blue nose pit bull. Yeah. <laughs> got to right. keep you know, him. He <laughs> got to put the, the, the able, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, so psychedelics do that to me because it's like in the famous words that Dr. Jordan Peterson is like, you should be a ruthless beast. Like there should be as a man, there should be, that ruthless villain inside, but mastery of a man is to know that villain is inside 
But you don't I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take something out of David Goggins because I've been I probably taken in probably a hundred hours in the last week. Are we just a bunch of fucking pussies now? Excuse my language. I mean, is that uh, what has happened to the human race? One hundred percent. So, like, take it. Take I mean, what I, we. Take I what hate we to go were, there. I mean, but, but like, are we're we just a about, bunch of lazy people. Yeah. Well, but like that's what we said at the beginning, right? Where you know, or what I was alluding to at the beginning is, if you sat down and if somebody from one hundred and fifty years ago listened to us talk about this shit, they'd be like, "Motherfucker, like, who cares? I do yeah. more in a week than you do in in." you know, a month, you know, you you can't sit there and complain to me. They're like, Oh, you have a three acre pumpkin patch. Are you working on with like 20 <laughs> other people and 15 <laughs> businesses and experts in their field. And all you're doing is project management. Motherfucker. I planted the pumpkin seeds. I plowed the field with my ox. Like I'm out there trying to find ways to dig an irrigation ditch. So those pumpkins can fucking grow. You know, like on top of that, when I'm done, I have to go cut down a tree and tree and drag it a mile for five. Like, it's not that it, it's a that we're pussies. It's just that people don't want to recognize the potential of human beings. Like, human well, I mean, I, 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 I've kind of taken this approach with David Goggins, where I'm like, I go in the mirror in the morning. I go, Do you want to be a fat fuck? And I'm just like, You're a fat fuck, David. Get it fucking together. And I mean, I think there's something to be said about, listen, I've been journaling for 30 years. I do the work. I, I'm, you know, I work hard in every part possible as a father, as a businessman. So yeah, I would agree. I've become a lazy fucking fat fuck and I had to get it together. And I think that all this technology and all this enabling and everything else have has made people weak. And when my whole thing with the blood pressure happened, where which, you know, I came to find out it was a mistake reading, it actually woke me up to say, listen, David, you you are a fat fuck mm -hmm. and get it together. And, you know, whatever's been going on, you want to go be on some beta blockers and blood pressure medicine and arthritis medicine at 46 years old. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And you know, two weeks later, I'm surfing five hours a day. The other day, I, I surfed for five hours, went and hiked 12 miles, and, you know, I'm pushing it. So uh, I, I don't know what has happened with the world, but it seems like if we don't get it together, it's not going to be good for our children and our children's children. Because See, and I don't agree with that. I used to agree no? with that. I used to say exactly what you said. <laughs> But the reason so this me. is my this is my change of perspective. This that I've had. I was this starts in. I was actually having this conversation with my daughter yesterday. Because it's exactly what what you were just saying. Like I I was saying to our oldest, you know, I was like, you know, the the one thing that you have to remember about life is that you want the type of people where you can be like, you know, say, ah, shut the fuck up. You know, I said shut the f up to her because she's eleven years old. Yeah, I said yeah. to her, I'm like, you want you want people in life around you where you can be like, man, shut the fuck up. And then not be like, whoa, man, you hurt my feelings. You know, because you can say shut the fuck up in two different ways. Right? So no, I, want, like, I, want my, I want my friends that are going to tell me that I'm a fat fuck. But that's what I mean. I, so I like, want, yeah. It, and the more that people start to cultivate that attitude, 
yes, we are going to have a, a rapid decline in population. Our world is going to be interesting. But the one thing that it'll do is what it always does is what I think is that through the course of time, there's only going to be those strong motherfuckers left. I told you like three, four weeks ago, you know, in the famous words of Joey Diaz, they only need three bad motherfuckers in your life. You can take over the world. And it's like, <laughs> absolutely. Because if we keep on the road we're at right now, you know who's going to be left? All the bad motherfuckers. The the Jordan Petersons, the David Goggins, the Joey Diaz's, the yeah. Joe Rogans, the fucking these, these ruthless killers. Because you know what? Those are the only people that are going to have the ability to be left. Because this yep. whole bullshit that's going on right now is giving nobody resources to survive. It's giving people resources to complain. It's giving people the resources to be lazy. It's giving the people the resources to be fat. It's giving the people the resources to have no identity, claiming that they have identity by switching their identity. But it doesn't give people the, the resources to survive and the people who are willing to teach themselves and surround themselves with people who have the tools to survive, they're going to be able to teach those tools to their kids. You know, two years ago, Alyssa and I, we took five kids into the backcountry, you know, ranging from four years old up to 12. And I said, everybody carries their backpack in. We're going three and a half miles into the backcountry. We're going to wow. camp overnight. And so we get there. We put our food out. You know, we dig the pit in the river, get some rocks piled over top, all of the meat, all of the food, all the everything. And by that afternoon, we were about to go make dinner and a raven came, moved all the rocks. You're taking softball sized rocks in two, three layers deep, took all the rocks out of this pile, went into the river and took our food. And, you know, most people oh, at that shit. point are pock out. And I'm like, no, no, like we stay here because in First Nations cultures, like ravens are a sign of change. Ravens are like that sign that this is an experience that needs to be learned. And I'm like, if you guys make it through all this, I will carry every single one of your packs out. I will strap your packs to my pack and I'll carry it out. But this is a moment that we are going to persevere through and we're going to do this. We're going to stay. We'll get up tomorrow morning and we'll go home. And we had a great time. We lived off chocolate and peanut butter and the kids had craft dinner and that was it. But it was a great time because it's, you need to instill into your children that kind of mentality because those are the people that will take over the world when this all goes for shit because it is changing. It's rapidly changing in the wrong direction, but you have the opportunity and the obligation to your children right now to be a part of those bad motherfuckers that are going to take over this world. I love that. Bad motherfuckers. And you know what else I'm, I'm coming to find out is those bad motherfuckers like David Goggins and Joe Rogan and other people – they're usually the people that actually want us. They've already made it and they want there. They there's enough room for other people to make it. That's what I've started realizing. Like they're not haters. No. There's definitely like been this metamorphosis inside of me in the last couple of weeks where, you know, we were moving down the road of a public offering and all of a sudden I didn't like what was going on and I made this quick, you know, this big detour and, you know, turn and said, got to change the whole team. We got to change the whole perspective. And yeah, just understanding that all of these pieces really work with one another. Like you, you, I, I can't describe it, but it's like, 
you can't even draw it out. It's like it's like l- all these different locks and keys coming together. But I, I know that when we're talking, we're on that same perspective. Like these guys like Joe Rogan and David Goggins, like they're hardcore motherfuckers, but they get it done and they want to help other people. That's why they do what they do. And I know that about you as well. See, because the, the one thing that I've realized up until recently, and I really do truly feel like, you know, Joe Rogan probably was one of the people that paved this way because it was so public and it happened so rapidly is that all those people before, all those bad motherfuckers before, they didn't, they, they didn't care about being in the shadows. They didn't care it's if a- anybody ever heard their story. Because it sounds like so- there's going to be an explicit warning on this podcast. I, I Usually yeah. I don't get into the cussing, but it's like I've been watching this David Goggins and it's like motherfucker, fuck, fuck, fuck. And maybe it's just that he's like, fuck the affirmations. Mm-hmm. You got to go fucking do the work and be real with yourself. Yeah. Well, and like I said, that's why like every day, you know, under that same motto that it's because I listen to so much of david goggins material too and and that's why i say that my motto is to drag myself willingly to the the most deepest basement of hell and that's why i love doing physical things with other people because i'm like if somebody's like hey let's go run 50 miles i'm like 100 and they're like 125 i'm like 200 if this is a fucking auction you're gonna lose man you're gonna lose because this is gonna get really dark because the one thing i know about myself is i have this ruthless endurance for death I will take myself to death's door continually because it's like, that's where I belong. That's where I, that's where you belong, Dave. You, uh, yeah. you belong so fucking far down the road that it's like death is the only other door to open. And then you open it and it's like, it's still not fucking death. Fuck. So then you go harder and you open up another <laughs> door. It's like, it's still not fucking death. And you're like, and that's why I love, like, you know, when David Goggins said, you, no matter how hard you think you're working, it's 40%, the 40% rule. Because every single breath you take past that point where you think you have no more, you've, you've lied to yourself. You're saying they're lying to yourself that that is all you had or that's all it's going to be or that it has to be this way. And it doesn't. There's millions oh. of options in life now to be able to take. And it's your obligation to take them all. That's the best part about life right now. I, I think people have such a misunderstanding of, of individuals like this. Like, you know, there's, you know, people like Joe Rogan, David Goggins, sometimes when you're hardcore like this, you have a bad rap. And then there's this whole woke culture. I just, I, I don't, I've definitely had my moments in life recently where I'm just like, I want to see the world go a different direction. And in, in our past podcast, we've talked about, you know, psychedelics and collective consciousness and everything else. I mean, at the end of the day, with all this technology we have and where the world is, where we're shooting rockets into space and, you know, now we have telescopes that are showing us like millions of galaxies. I mean, we should be this population of like physically fit people that are eating the best foods and farming and having ag tech and everything else. So for me, my intention now is to become the very best I can be in everything. And as I I do, just like you said, staring death in the eye, 
like taking myself to that end point so I can give back to other people. The mm -hmm. business part of it is part of it, but you got to have all the rest of it also. And I'm starting mm -hmm. to realize that myself. I don't want to be a fat fuck. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, like, you, the when you get to that point, this is where you start to accumulate those bad motherfuckers in your life. And this is where I feel like life really becomes a lot more clear, where you can then do five things, 10 things, 15 things, 20 things, because you have so many bad motherfuckers in your life that just want to get after it. Life becomes easier. It's easier to do a monstrous amount of tasks when you're surrounded by people who just want to kill it. Because there's no reason not to. There's really, what, what reason you have not to? Like what you just explained about how Alyssa and I, we were sitting out back one night and I looked up in the sky and I was like, what in the Christ is that? It was the, it was the night that Starlink launched and it happened yeah, to come yeah, over yeah. Vancouver. And at that point, I was like, fucking human beings are on a different level, man. This is crazy when you see that shit floating through the sky. But the thing is right now is it's like what we've built is that that Viking boat. We've built the Viking hat. We've built the Viking hammer. We got no fucking Vikings. Yeah. There ain't no there ain't there ain't no Ragnar Lothbrooks around. We need those yeah. people back. Yeah. That's what I mean. So it's like, you know, it's like great Elon is gonna take us to another planet. You know that he is. It's <laughs> yeah. like, what shitty motherfuckers are we gonna put there? You know, like I we're putting it. like we we need some like like where are the Vikings of the world that are gonna take this? And and that's where things are going now. You can see it. You know, like we've lived this woke bullshit for long enough. You can see it in the States, you can see it in Canada. There's enough people that are just like, you know what? I I've had enough of this because I actually like to work hard. I actually don't like to be fat. I actually don't like to not really know who or what anybody is at any time. I don't really let none of these things really felt comfortable for me, but it's all I heard and seen. But that's why like you're seeing this huge shift back towards like, no, nah, you know, like like that stuff doesn't feel good. Like it doesn't feel good as human. Why do you think people are more lost now than they ever have been ever? And what's the number one thing people don't do? Work hard at anything. Yeah. Zero. No, so nobody ever everybody wants to be an influencer. Yeah. And so then <laughs> you take somebody, you know, like me, for example, that everybody's like, how do you do it? And I'm like, do what? Like, I'm not doing anything extraordinary. Like it does it it takes an alarm clock to wake up at four. It doesn't yeah. take anything extraordinary. It doesn't take anything extraordinary to go physically tax yourself when they know they can prove through countless journals now that there's no and will be no medication that's as powerful as working out for the positive attributes that it has in your body and how many with next to no side effects. And the side effects are actually what create the positive benefit. The, the inflammation you cause from working out is actually what causes the spin-off positive benefit after the fact. The same thing with the ice bath, the environmental hormesis of being in the cold and in the heat. You know, our bodies have been designed over hundreds of thousands of years to accept that stress. What do we do now? Oh, I got to have my thermostat set at the, at, in my house. It's the same as my office. It's the same as my car. I can't go outside and feel any kind of breeze on my skin because that shit's not okay. So I need to put on a jacket. My fingertips are a little bit cold, so I need gloves. We've completely taken environmental hormesis and adaptation out of our lives, but we've spent 100,000 
200,000, a million years, whatever number you want to pick that's relative now, accumulating these resources inside of us to be able to make sure we survive as human beings. And this is where it goes back to having that where we're going now, if you're not on the train of being a bad motherfucker right now, which is the most mediocre version of a human being, if you're not on that train now, you're going to get left so far behind in the next five or 10 years that God help you. Because there's going to be people that are way, way down the line. Like that train has left the station a long fucking time ago and you missed it. And you're sitting there with a really big crowd being like, now what do we do? And there's not one person there that says we should fucking walk. Because sometimes you just have to walk when you miss the train. And you mean you're not, sit on you're, that platform. You're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not renting a scooter? No. <laughs> but it's like, but, hey, but nobody's going to sit there. And like, that's the world we're at right now. It's like, it's, yeah. whether it's walking or the scooter or the skateboard, <laughs> yeah. nobody would even have the idea to be able to put in the work <laughs> that I'm just going to wait for another train. Guess what? There's probably not going to be another train, bro. That's it. I, I'm I'm going to preface this because it's it's in my subconscious. First of all, when we talk about when I talk about calling myself a fat fuck, I wasn't healthy. I was obese. I'm being very vulnerable about it. I my knees started hurting. I was feeling like I was you know in my family we have arthritis. I could feel that. I knew going on two years that I, I I haven't been in the shape that I was in the past. I mean, in the past, I was 50, 60 pounds lighter, surfing every day, flexible yoga, everything else. You got to do the work. And I got to be clear with people when we use these words like pussy and fuck and motherfucker, we're not trying to be negative or use profanity in any way towards anybody else. It's a way to push yourself or, you know, the, the problem is, is you got all these fucking woke spiritual healers. I see it all the time. They come up and they say, go do a bunch of affirmations in the mirror and it's going to change your life. Let me just tell you, when you're going down the go public route, you can say all the affirmations you want. It ain't going to get you fucking nowhere. That's mm -hmm. not how it works. You know, because you live with somebody that has to deal with this day in and day out. And I know you know what it takes to drive companies to that, to that point. What Elon Musk does is not woke to be able to handle five different companies that are in the multi-billion dollar range. It's a mindset. It's conquering the mind. Yeah, and you know, it's actually Elon Musk and something that he said it was probably seven years ago or so when somebody asked him, like, and this was before obviously a, a lot of the companies that he has now. And he said, like, like, how do you do it? And he just said simply compartmentalization. He's like, when I'm doing SpaceX, it's, it's all SpaceX, it's nothing else. When I'm doing Tesla, it's Tesla, it's nothing else. You know, like when I'm doing that, it's that. And I dedicate my time when I'm done that, I move on to something else. Because, you know, like, like that's what it takes, like that, that allocated time. And then you realize like how much time there really is, how much time there really is in a day when you actually just efficiently use the time that you're given, you know, and it's, I really took that to heart because what I realized when I was spending my time on a day when I was doing something, I'm like, shit, I have to do this, this, and this, and this afterwards. So not only am I not present in doing what I'm doing, but I'm not efficiently doing it anymore because now I'm distracted. Because I'm not present. 
But if I just say, okay, like no matter what, if this is the only hour that I have for the rest of my life, I have to allocate it to this. You know, then that's why, like, I think like notifications on phones and notifications on computers. It's like right now I could have kept my phone on and I could have been like looking, but it's like, no, like, like David, this is, this is you and me right now, man. Like, yeah. We gotta, you gotta be present. This time. Like I want my time for you. And this is, this is the only thing that I really believe in now when it comes to affirmations, because it's like what you said that. You can't sit there in the mirror when you're fat and say, you know what, Blake, you're you're a good guy, though. Like, you know, you're a really good guy. You do these things. Like, when you're fat, you're going to get diabetes, man. You are? Even if you sit there and say, oh, you're not going to get diabetes because you're a good guy. It's like, motherfucker, you are fat. Be real. Let me 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 tell you what what I was getting from people. They were like, you're probably getting diabetes. You're probably a precursor for diabetes, emphysema phase one because you smoked your whole life. Uh, your arthritis is. I mean, if I were to go down the road of just listening to all of that and not just going and doing the work, I'd be fucking pilled up and. You know, as Gary Brecka says, within the next five years, I'd be having a fucking hip and knee replacement. It's yeah. a bunch of bullshit. And for for somebody like me that is in the Ayurvedic space, in the plant medicine space, I know better. I know when I, I can feel my body. I'm a person that's very self-conscious. And it's, I think right now, more than ever, especially going through what we did a couple years ago with the world being shut down, we got to take, it's not even health more important. As you said, we got to turn into bad motherfuckers. I'm going to have to tell Hannah, I think this podcast is going to be bad motherfuckers. I mean, is that gender bias or is that okay? It's just, I mean, can that bring back over? Yeah. Yeah, Like, you know, it's it's, it's just real, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, like I said, like, I think people are craving that. I, I, I really truly I agree. Think that people I, are I craving. I have access. I have access to everything. I'm dealing with people that are in you know the tier one multi billion dollar company range. I need it. I needed to listen to David Goggins and hear him tell me that he shit all over himself in an ultra marathon. Like nobody's authentic anymore. I've totally shut down all social media. I have Twitter just because I can't believe the news anymore. And I think that wherever we are in this planet that's spinning faster and faster, there is a shift going on. And I would say to you, yeah, maybe it's a lot of good news for our kids and our kids' kids. Maybe the shift is in a more positive way. Maybe it isn't doom and gloom. Maybe it was time for us to put our bootstraps on and like make it happen because somewhere or something we got really soft in this last century. Hey, and and I'm just going to throw out there. I think it is doom and gloom for a lot of our species unless if they don't get on the train. Like when I walk down the street, if I see some like six year old kid wearing a mask walking down the street with like their mom or dad, I'm like, God help you, man. Like this is gonna be fucking rough for you coming up soon because like you're gonna walk through life with that kind of mentality. And it's like I realize you might have some like some other things going on in your family's, you know, you know, health that I'm not aware of because I don't know who you are, but you're outside. 
in the sun with the, your parents. And you guys are all like, you got a mask on as a six year old child, and the parents don't. This you want me to give you one? You let, me, let me give you one better. When people are surfing out here and they got a mask on, I can't no. even handle it. My, yeah. I get so aggravated. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I just want to like start screaming. What have we done, done to the world? I want to see people smile. And, and to be completely vulnerable, I think I lost my authenticity. The, the man that I was, the person that I was before I went out and I went and raised money and put peoples on my cap table that ended up giving me their opinions, I was this badass motherfucker that would hike barefoot 12 miles in Kiana Point in the 90-degree sun, and I became soft. And I think that a lot of people may not understand this podcast, but this goes again, again towards everything is interrelated, health, wealth, all of it. And it's about being authentic to yourself. Why I was excited to have you is because I felt that Goggins energy. I felt that Rogan energy. And what I found out about you in the last couple months is if I call you or message you, you're present, you're there. A lot more than people that are your so-called friends that they say, I love you, you're my brother. That doesn't mean shit. Absolutely. That's my respect level for you, Blake. Thanks, David. I appreciate that. And, you know, it's like that that friendship that's only going to get better. You, you can see because... We haven't, we haven't whole, even met yet. We haven't know, even met Percy <laughs> And, and this is what I like to see because in, in this where I say like people are starving for it. Like like you said, when people don't might not might not connect with this podcast because of your viewer base, it's like no no no. The people will they, they the, might the hate people, it. They they might hate it. <laughs> the people who will hate it though are the people that it makes feel uncomfortable because they know that you're right. They know that I'm yeah. right. They know that the tide is changing and they know that these things are right and it makes them feel uncomfortable because life's not hard. Change is hard when you're a stubborn motherfucker. If you can be nimble, you know, it's like business. What's the best business plan? It's not to have a fucking plan that you're not willing to walk yeah. away from. You know, like you're not going to tell me that a bunch of Navy SEALs go into combat and be like, this is how the plan is going to go down. They start getting fired at it. It's like, no, we're sticking to the exact plan when it's going sideways. It's like, no, they have plan B, C, D to Z because they've prepared for that shit because they're nimble. They've created this nimbleness in life. And people that I, I know, because when you get in people's face, you say like, no, 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 what people can do more. What we can do as a species is more. It makes them feel uncomfortable. So it's like, yeah, you're right. Fuck, I don't want you to be right because now we have to do more. I don't want to feel like I have to do more. I, I've been told my whole adult life I can do less. And it's like work smarter, not harder. It's like, yeah, so you can do more shit, not less. Work smarter, you, more harder, you, so you can do, go. Have you always been authentic, Blake? I mean, have you just, has it just come naturally to you? I mean, because I mean, th this is what I get out of you every time I talk to you. I've always been... I've always been that guy that like the people that are in my life, they're there to die all the way to the end. But I've offended a lot of people in my day. Lots. I have to. Because I'm that person that like, 
you know, people love me or hate me. And when you hate me, oh my God, is that shit real? Is real. But the thing is, I, I'm just this person. I ran that the West Coast Trail, that world's longest op- obstacle course I was talking to you about. I ran it because somebody told me, because I've never ran before, I wouldn't be able to run it. And that person asked one of their friends, hey, do you think Blake could run it? And I was like, motherfucker, I'm not going to run one mile. And I'm going to go run that fucking thing. Because who are you to ask somebody else what I can do? And just because you think you can't do it or it's unreasonable, I'll run that shit twice to show you that it is reasonable. And that there is that because that's life. But the thing is, when people are faced with like the potential of what human beings are capable of, when they get scared by somebody, when they get nervous, it's like, David, when you walked in, when you were that ruthless killer that you described before, when you walked into somewhere, people felt that shit. People got intimidated. And the thing is, you can get intimidated and be a fucking coward, or you can be intimidated and get inspired. Because the thing is, I love being around guys that I get intimidated by. So I'm like, bro, what can you make me? What can you do for me? Like, 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 help me get to be your level. Like, let's go do stuff. Like, make me feel like your bitch right now. That's what I love about jujitsu. Like, this guy <laughs> that I know, he's, you know, got 15 years on me. I got 20 pounds on him. I'm more athletic than him. And he's just like, should I strangle you yet? Now? Like, like, should I break your arm now? And I'm like, bro, I'm sweating, I'm cussing, and I'm just like trying to pin him, and he's just laughing at me. And I hate it because it makes me feel like such a bitch, but I'm just like, I need that. I need that. We all need I, that because I mean, you need I, that I, and I, you need to move forward. I, I mean, I'm going to be vulnerable with you. I was trying to please 12,000 investors. I was mm. trying, like, People would call me up and be like, well, I didn't like the way you gave that podcast or I didn't like the way you sounded when you gave that. I'm going to be me and I'm going to do me because before any of this all started, I was that person that was barefoot in Cayenne Point that would camp out there and cook my food on a, you know, on an open hot flame. And, you know, sometimes you got to go out and see what's out there. I do believe in that. You, sh- you, you shouldn't always be in your cocoon. But I, I think a big thing for me is like, be authentic, be, know who you are. Don't try to be something for other people. And ever since like I started down this regimen again, two weeks ago, it's like my eyes are open where I'm like, wow, why was I, why did I consider this person like somebody that was close to me in my life. Like, like, was this all bullshit to begin with? And I'm just starting to really realize like, who are the people that are your true ride or dies? And I'm going to throw it out there. I don't know what happened in the universe or what shifted. And Alyssa came on board with us, but it was like, it's been this whole like spiral. It's like, you know, the universe is shifting and we got Alyssa and, there's been like a clean out inside of the company, whatever it is, it's just been, you know, it's authenticity, being who you want to be. Want to go down another rabbit hole, food. <laughs> I, 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 oh, we've, had our, we've had our text messages with food and I get, you know, I get the vegan shit and, you know, you can't eat meat and you got to eat this soy based shit and plant based What's your take? 
Well, I'm probably the wrong person to ask this because not only has this been a, a part of my life for 39 years, but um, five years ago, I actually spent uh, eight, nine months getting tracked by a team of five professionals, uh, doctors, blood work, um, you know, like every scan, DEXA scans, um, did blood pressure every day, biological age, metabolic age, uh, bone density. Um, and I went through all the different diets and at the beginning of the month, we would go through, we would do all that testing. I would sit down with an independent strength and conditioning coach and they would test it. And how did my previous diet, how did it affect my health? How did it affect my strength? And going through all that, it actually turned out that a plant-based diet, if I kept down that road, I could see that that would put me on death's door. You know, my lean body mass went down, my fat mass increased, my blood pressure went up, all of uh -oh. these things. It was actually the complete opposite of what I thought was going to happen. But then I realized, I'm like, I'm only going on from what I've been told and what I've read, but not what I've experimented on with myself. So we went through plant-based, carnivore, keto, paleo, my normal diet, how I was regularly eating, and one more. We did six different diets. And it just turned out that eating meat only, the carnivore diet, like my health was the best. I felt great. All, you know, like my biological age was, you know, to less than 20 years, my actual numerical age, you know, my <laughs> bone mass went up, my endurance went up, you know, like my strength was maintained because I'm, I'm not looking at, you know, become some big power lifter. I had mental and, and emotional clarity. Eating was easier. My, I was satiated far better. And I've never turned back since then. And you know, the one thing that I realized is like, this is the same thing as this woke bullshit, like nutrition is the same way Like nobody investigates on their on their own. Like what does actually work for you? People can tell you expert A can tell you this is going to work for you, David, expert C can tell you another thing. But like, what have you actually done? Have you spent, you know, two months on each diet and said, I'm going to pick the top five and I'm going to spend a year and actually figure out what's best for me and then continually run that protocol because people just don't know. And that's what I say for me. I'm like, if, if you want my advice, so like what is best, I can tell you what's worked best for me because I put in the work. The same thing like what I but did. You, but, you've actually, but you've actually gotten the blood work and everything and done all the testing. I'm, I'm going to tell you candidly, I'm getting blood work right now and genetic testing because I I want the metrics. I don't think I mm. think I think it's necessary. I think people need I can tell you myself that I would I've been my own sort of doctor for a long time and at my age now I'm like okay, I have a lot of different people I could go to advice for. My brother's a doctor, my mom's a doctor. I have like 31 cousins that are doctors. I know that I need my blood work. I know I need my genetic testing. I know that I need to go talk to people that, you know, as Elon has been saying, the media is rigged. I think the health system is rigged. And 100%. I think that this monetization of human suffering, the monetization of, uh, monetization of marketing foods that really are not great for you like fake burgers they're 
there's definitely something wrong. If anything with the internet and the media today or, you know, what we have with YouTube and other things, it's like, at least we can get this type of information and not be, you know, not allow these, you know, fortune 50 companies to like broadcast fear porn onto us because it's yeah. gotten really old. Especially when it comes to nutrition, because you know, like the one thing that I routinely remind myself and I remind other people, you know, is that how can this all, a lot of this really started when, you know, I got life insurance or I was, you know, getting the initial kind of cult for life insurance. And then I filled out all the boxes and it sent me back and said, they had to send a nurse to my house. And I was like, why do you got to yeah. send a nurse to my house? And there's like, well, we have to assess what your premiums are going to be because you're morbidly obese. And I was like, bro, I'll send you a, I'll send you a, a selfie of my six pack right now. Like, don't fuck call me. Morbidly <laughs> obese. This is the problem. Like with, with, doctors, are you, serious? you know, because they're just like, well, because on the body mass index, I was, you know, I'm, I'm five, wow. nine, 180 pounds. They're like, motherfucker, you're yeah. fat. You're morbidly obese according to our standards. I'm like, no, no, that's the problem with your metrics. And this is what healthcare is right now. And it's, you know, when you look at it, it's just like, you know, keeping people sick. It's like, well, yes, because how can you tell me based on your metrics, I'm unhealthy? I'm not. Wow. There's no way. I can out talk nutrition. I can out talk, you know, exercise. I can out talk metabolic processes. And the next 15, 20 doctors that I see, if you want to go down the actual physiological rabbit hole, bro, bring it. Let's do it because I, I come armed with fucking receipts in that conversation. Don't tell me what's healthy because the thing is I put in the work over 39 years. I will tell you what's healthy because you know what? Your fat ass should not be giving me fucking health advice. And when nine out of 10 doctors are morbidly obese, what gives you the authority to talk about health? You don't. You have no authority in my book to talk about health when you're fat and you're overweight. And you're lazy. And I, as a citizen, can out talk you about healthy metabolic practices and principles. I should never be able to do that ever, you know, not at all. And that's what I firmly believe. And this is the problem, you know, like when it comes to, to healthcare and getting advice from your doctor, it's like, well, what, what do I really need? Because the one thing that ChatGPT has taught me, unless if I need a bone fix, motherfucker, I'll ask ChatGPT before I go to a doctor because it's at least going to comb the internet. <laughs> For a general unbiased opinion. And I'll get, because I'm like, you can't tell me because like my, my LDL cholesterol level is high, but my ratios are fine and my triglyceride levels are fine. Now I should be on a statin. I'm like, you're talking about research from 20 years ago. I'm talking about research from today because I'll go on. I think I'm going to, I, I think I'm going to put my blood work into chat GPT. Have you done that yet? I haven't done that yet, but like the thing is like you oh, want just general me. medical advice, ask ChatGPT. You know, they're gonna be ChatGPT is a great resource for it because it's just general information. No, totally, like, totally. No but I'm just saying, I mean, they've been able, I mean, from what I saw yesterday in 60 minutes, uh Deep Mind mapped out like a billion years worth of proteins with their, you know, AI. So it's yeah. like I I I love technology. I love deep tech. There has to be a way for us to bring in Ragnar Lothbrok with ChatGPT and 
you know, yeah. have that intersection come together. That's that's what I'm thinking about nowadays when I when I go do my affirmations. Ragnar and ChatGPT together. Yeah, yeah, and it is those things, right? Where it's the now you're talking about like what really are the possibilities? You know, like and that's I'm, the interesting part. Where like if you can be a bad motherfucker with the resources we have right now, could you imagine the bad motherfucker you could be with those resources? Oh, totally. I mean, I'll I'll give you an idea. Again, nothing compared to you. Did my 12-mile paddle, cold plunge, sauna, going to go get my NAD IV, uh, going to go back to the gym later. Um, and then while I'm doing all of that, I have my, you know, Apple Watch. It's giving me my readings. I can take my calls. I've gotten rid of, as Goggin says, my cancer stick cell phone. So I'm, I'm really trying to understand what depletes me and what doesn't and also staying, again, very authentic to myself and limiting my exposure to, you know, what I classify as fear porn are things that don't hold me into my authentic state. Yeah. I or guess they just like, uncomfortably push you away from it, right? And that's really what it boils down to is just like, like when you're listening to it and you're intaking that information, like. Like just stop for a minute and just understand like how comfortable do you feel even in taking that information? If it feels uncomfortable for you, like there's a problem. And that's what we've been doing for like the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. We've been in taking uncomfortable food and we've been in taking uncomfortable information and we've expected to come out on the other end healthy. I think anybody that thinks that if you don't do the hard work, whether it's physical, mental, business, family, mental health or anything else if you don't do the hard work and work on yourself you're not going to get very far i think that it's an element that people think that you know you know this might be uh i'm going to age myself a little bit but this is not the jetsons everybody there was this cartoon called the jetsons where they would push this button and it would do everything for them I appreciate going to space. I appreciate the galaxies and the universes and all this technology and everything else. But there's a reason that we have these human bodies. There's a reason that we were created the way we were and we're supposed to use it. And I do believe that in every sense possible where I am pushing myself, not to the point of sickness, but pushing myself in a way where I'm not such a fragile person anymore. We can't be these people that constantly have to like nap all the time or be lazy or be a couch potato or we have to have Viagra in order to, you know, have yeah. pleasurable sex and other things. For me, all of that is a cop out. And again, not trying to go down specific like, areas where we're hurting anybody's feelings but that's what's come to me as i've gone back towards being authentic to who i really am well and then i, I just pose the question to you and then to everybody who listens to your podcast is like like why why when people are aggressively doing good why does it offend you you know, I don't I don't know what I think that a lot of people I think what I get from a lot of people is I'm going to I'm going to use myself as an example. I've thrown it out there. Uh I am fat right now. I have a belly. 
I haven't felt great up to about two weeks ago. Right now, I feel fucking phenomenal. Uh, my business is booming. I have a great team around me. I do believe in frequencies of energy and attracting you know good things i believe that's why you and i met i believe that's why the universe blessed me with you but i think that a lot of people make excuses a lot of people want to buy into other people's rhetoric i would tell you whether you listen to my podcast or anybody else's podcast or whatever you're ingesting into your body i can't help you if you're some racial bigot motherfucker that just wants to be ignorant but if you're a decent good human and you want to better yourself that's easy to do in this day and age because there is so much information out there uh, between between my two hours of goggins this morning and you blake my you know my profanity is on, yeah i mean my profanity is on hypermax i'm ready to i'm actually ready to get out into this storm behind me and get right back into the ocean so yeah. i mean but but i want to feel like this i don't want to feel depressed and down and everything else and i and i have to believe and i say this i'm a person that has done ayahuasca over 100 times i've taken mushrooms 500 times i've probably tried every other psychedelic compound again under my own you know supervision under you know my own personal life that's not that's not the only thing that's going to fix you it's a combination of many other things that you have to have in parity i really hope i didn't yeah. offend anybody today i i i, I totally am sorry if i did but and the thing is, though, Davis, you know, you don't need to apologize to everybody. Like this podcast's not going to be for everybody, nor should it. But should it be? Like you, you should be, you should be happy. You should be grateful that it is going to offend some people because then you're not trying to please everybody. Like, why do you want it to be for everybody? That's not, that's not well, the point. You know, you know, I'm always, and this is my own fault. I, I, you know, when people invest money in your business and people are supporting what you're doing and they're part of the Ohana, you know, a big part for me is having empathy for everybody else. But my new thing to myself that I've been writing down in, is my, in my journal is I can't, I can't perform empathy on the depletion of myself. And that's really come to mind a lot in the last two weeks where I've had to exercise self-love at such an intense level because at the end of the day, I want to be around for my children and my children's children and watch them grow up. And yeah, making a lot of money is great and all, but that's not what it is all about for me. It's about those experiences and my family and, you know, growing old and knowing somebody like you. I mean... I'm ready to fly over and take that backpacking trip we've been talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I got a question for you, David. Yeah. I learned this in a course that I took and uh, to be like to expand my thought processes, I took a, a, a course that was held by a Christian organization, even though I'm non-denominational. Yeah. Uh, I, I can see obviously the benefit in just being exposed to different environments. And they explain the concept of being real and being truthful, you know, to yourself and to other people. And then they're, so the question was posed, do you know the, 
the difference between hurting somebody and harming somebody. And I was like, I need to, I need you to fine tune this. So I said, you know, when you're being real, when you were, when you give yourself permission to be real, it can hurt somebody. And as long as you're not doing it maliciously, that's okay. It's like this podcast. If it hurts somebody, you're not doing it maliciously. It's okay. Like that's okay. What's not okay is if you, if you harm somebody, like you, you can, you don't want to go hit somebody with a baseball bat. You have to listen to this. You have to like it. You have to accept it. Like there's a difference between those two things, hurt and harm. And like that really helped me because the thing is, I was like, I was like you, the because for the longest time, you know, just really be wanting to attack life aggressively, that offended people so much that it was it felt like it was taking something away from them. It felt yeah. like that there was this real nay, like it was this, it was like you or me. And it's like, but I don't look at it like that. Like, why do you look at it like that? That's why people who aggressively want to attack life got real quiet. It's like, it's not worth the time. You can't meet me in the middle just because that I might hurt your feelings. I'm not intentionally doing that, but why should I change who I am and what I say? Because you can't digest that like an emotionally intelligent adult. Like you should be able to look at me and say like, hey, I don't agree with anything that you're saying. I would never do that shit. I would never for my 40th birthday run 273 kilometers across an entire island. It's like, cool. But if you feel like less of a person because I'm doing that, well, why should I not tell people that? Because you can't do it. Like, like, let's put the emotional intelligence in check here. Because that's really what yeah. we're talking about with all this stuff, right? I agree with you. I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to uh, a lot of people are people pleasers. I've, been, I've done that too. I think that when you look at social media and you look at what's out there in, you know, celebrities or athletes or things like that, it's, I can tell you that what I dealt with the last 36 months in terms of taking our company to where it is today, raising over $30 million. And the, you know, from the Sam Bankman's of the world that I met to the VCs and the different people, which I'm sure Alyssa can tell you on a day to day basis, it's, you know, to use the word of somebody I met years ago at, at an auditing firm, pawn scum at the ultimate degree and unfortunately being an empathetic being it affects you and i'm not perfect at all i make tons of mistakes but what i don't do is i don't deliberately hurt anybody and i don't Absolutely. i don't deliberately try to do bad things or be ignorant um what i see today in the world and not to go on a on a tangent is that this idea of survival of the fittest in terms of hurting others to go ahead, I don't agree with. I believe you can be a bad motherfucker like Blake or Joe Rogan or David Goggins and also help other people. And that's what I see with somebody like Joe Rogan's when he brings different people on his, on his podcast is 
He's empowering them. He's already made it. He's financially set. He's a healthy human, but he wants to make sure that other people are able to make it too because there is enough cake for everybody to have a slice. And you know what? One of the fundamental... um one of the fundamental problems or things that caused a lot of this is the mass exodus of, you know, small rural communities into major urban centers. Because when you, when people, and there was a massive amount of small rural communities, people knew each other, people wanted to help each other. You know, people wanted to, to participate in other people's lives. You had to help, you know, somebody plant a crop, harvest a crop, put up a barn, fix a truck, you know, anything, give some water, anything along. Like you had to do those things because your community, because you knew that you needed to get that, that, that karma credit for when you needed it. The thing is with major urban centers now, you can, you can roll over somebody else if they get in your way. You can stomp on them and push them down. You can do all those things because major urban centers are so faceless. And yep. that's why now you're seeing an exodus of people from major urban centers into smaller rural communities again, because they're just like, there's something uncomfortable about this. I yeah, may I mean, not I, be a David Goggins-like motherfucker, but I don't feel comfortable in a major urban center because like, I want to grow shit. I want to grow food. And I just want to give it to people. I don't even want to make money. But like, I yeah. got to go to this small rural community for that. No, I, I agree do. with you. I mean, I, I got to be candid with you. I think a lot of what had happened to me is, you know, trying to be something I'm not in a big city, going to Miami, going to New York, pretending that I'm something that I'm not. I mean, I had to, I mean, I used to identify myself as a barefoot jungle boy from Hawaii. And at the mm -hmm. end of the day, that is who I am. I, I am a little jungle boy here and I like to be barefoot. I like to be with, have my shirt off and have my surfboard and I, I think that we, we sometimes identify with things and think we want to be something or someone that we're not. And I think this all plays a role with, you know, everything we're working on, whether it's mental health or longevity or plant medicine and everything else. You know, our goal and our only goal in our ohana, which, you know, ohana for us is bringing everybody together, never leaving anybody behind, is is for you to be your authentic self and to perform and be the best that you possibly can. And those that are obese for genetic reasons or those that have disabilities or anything else, we're always there to support. And again, for me, it's less about apologizing to anybody, but understanding that everybody's circumstance is going to be different, but through a collective consciousness and who humans are, who humans should or should supposed to be, we can all have abundance and we can all, all do well and we can all have healthy lives. I cannot personally buy into the fact that we are a nation that has billions of people that have mental health issues and that's just the way it's going to be. I'm not going to buy into that. No, and the, and nobody should. And you know, like that's the tough part about life is now is you know the the powers to be convincing that this is the way humans have always been. We just understand it better now. And I'm like, no, 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 no. 
No, like not at all. This is not the way that human beings have always been. We haven't, we haven't gone through a metamorphosis of hundreds of thousands of years to, and have always had extreme mental health issues and gender identity. Like that's just, that's not how it is. Because the thing is like, I, I agree with you. Like I, I would love nothing more than everybody being in a healthy collective society, you know, and, and, what does that look like? And this is the scary part and the hard part to define. Like what, what's the allowance for, and what's the status quo? Maybe that's the easiest way to analyze it. What's the status quo and how far from the status quo do you get to deviate before it's destructive because not no two people are the same. And this is the thing where the smaller that you keep your community, the people who are more authentic to you, the status quo stays within plus minus 5% which is great. There's a lot of, there's a lot of synergy there for your life. The thing is when we want to have one world, one world government, you know, cities with 30 million people in them and all that kind of stuff, like you can't, there's no cohesiveness that can run in that because from the, who's the status quo? What is the status quo? Because the thing is for me, like I can't nurture somebody who's killing themselves. Like I can meet you at the place. Hey, if you're 60 pounds overweight, and you want to not be 60 pounds overweight anymore, I'll meet you there. I can't meet yeah. you at the place at, you know, at the donut shop because you're just like, I, I don't, hey, I, I don't, just... I don't want to be 60 pounds overweight anymore, Blake. Yeah. But the thing is, this is why you and I connect. This is the reason why that you and I, I can meet you there. You're like, I don't like this, but I can't, I, I lack empathy for the person that still wants to keep killing themselves because they think they're doing the right thing. And I'm like, let's just be honest. I can compassionately and have a ton of empathy to meet you at the place of honesty. But if you haven't got to the place of being honest with yourself, how do you expect me to meet you anywhere? Because you're not willing to be honest and authentic with yourself. So what kind of empathy do you want from me today? Because the empathy that you want is on a sliding scale of what suits you today. Because you have no idea who you are. Well, now you're setting me up for failure because I don't have a sliding scale of empathy. I have a sliding scale. When you're being authentic, my energy picks up on that shit. And like, let's ride this thing. Let's do this together. I'll help you. Like, let's go. Like, let's do it. But I don't have the empathy that it takes for this sliding scale of bullshit of somebody who, you know, has no clear understanding of who they are and are completely lost but have convinced themselves that what they're doing is right. Because I, I, I think don't know I, what that is. I would say that's the de- definition of the woke bullshit. Yeah. I mean... Because who... I mean... I, I then bestow upon the power on to that person to define what my empathy looks like. And it's like, no, no, no. Well, I decide I, that. I get to decide that. I, I mean, I will tell you from what I know and the consistency that I've had with you, which I don't think will change 10 years from now is you are an authentic person. And if I've, and if I could summarize, I was just looking at the time, not looking at anything else. I'm just seeing, I mean, I, I kind of knew we went over our hour, but I, I'm sure we could probably go another hour. What I've gotten today, if I could summarize sort of the desires is being a bad motherfucker being authentic and i would say you know kind of to get kind of your final words is like 
if if somebody right now is waking up to the fact they're waking up this morning and they're having a hard time getting out of bed whether it's something going on with you know their mind or physically or whatever give me your two minute what is the starting point for them that's that's where i want to leave this with you what is what can they take away from you blake to say fuck this mountain i'm going to tell you how i felt two weeks ago i looked at myself and i was like what the fuck david all of this so you can have some public offering yeah yeah, I. So, but this, this is the thing that I, that I'll say is that we're all there, we're all there all the time. I just choose to try to laugh in the face of it when I have the opportunity to. There's so many times when my body is just broken, like just broken, and I'm like, but you're not dead, like your energy is low. You just don't feel like it's raining outside or like, I don't want to sit in front of the computer and have another three zooms for the next two hours. Like, but if you're just honest with yourself and be like, you know what? This shit is going to be hard. This road is going to be hard, but I just, I need to do it. I just need to be honest with you. The thing is when you, when you choose not to, I think that's when the lying starts. Being like, ah, it's okay if I don't do it. It's okay if I push this off. It's like, no, like you just need to actually be honest with yourself because everybody who looks like they're killing it is struggling doing it too. They've just made a different choice. They've made the choice. Like Alyssa and I on Saturday night, we were at friends um, of ours house. Like we were there. I wanted to be home by like probably 11. We didn't get home till midnight. And I'm like, 3.30 is going to come quick. And it's Sunday. Arguably, I didn't have anything else to do. You know what? That routine is really important to me. Because I don't look as like that one slip up. It's like, no, I got to keep that. I got to keep that routine. It's important to me. If I allow this one excuse to be able to creep in, I'm lying to myself that it's okay. Can I, I could have a nap in the afternoon if I'm tired. But if I sleep in and I break that routine, it's hard on me. Now I got to deal with that. And I don't want to deal with that. I'd rather get up and be like, you know what? You're only tired. I didn't drink. I had a couple beers and a shot of whiskey on the rocks. And I'm like, I don't want to have any more. So I'm going to feel like shit and be tired. Then yeah. I'm going to have to face that battle. But I'm already going to face the battle of being tired. So I'm going to be honest with myself right now. Be like, I know I'm going to struggle. But it can't always be easy. If it was easy, everybody would have. If it was easy, that's just the way life would be and we'd never be having this conversation. So like my, what I always try to preach to everybody, you know, when asked that same question, is just like, enjoy that it's hard and just be honest with yourself. It's hard for everybody. No, I agree with that. Thank you, Blake. No problem. Wow. I mean, there's definitely been some, uh, there's definitely been emotions for me out of this conversation. I've had to open up more than I than I have with the audience. Hey, you're, you're never going to get any fake bullshit here at this podcast. I mean, we're very upfront uh, about where we're all. I, I don't, I think in a world where nothing is really real, it's important to be real and be authentic and be, as Blake said, a bad motherfucker. Uh, 
yeah, I am excited to listen to this uh, again and take a lot of takeaways. What I can tell you is there are a lot of Blakes out there. There are a lot of Goggins out there. There are a lot of, there's a lot of Rogans out there. And I think in a world of eight or nine billion people, you got to find those people that want the best for you, but are also going to be honest with you and are not going to sugarcoat it. And I can tell you for myself, that has what has propelled me forward in the toughest times. Um, today, I felt great. Yesterday, I was waking up from uh, puking on a, on a hike after cycling 12 miles, then doing a six-mile hike, and then working out in the gym. And then I, you know, I went on a big surf yesterday. And yeah, it was the first hour difficult when JC told me I, I can't eat anything? Absolutely. Life is not simple. And whether you're watching fiction or nonfiction, and uh, yesterday, last night I watched this movie called The Lost City Z about a gentleman going into the Amazonians to find the, the ruins, and this was back in the early 1900s. What I can tell you is we are very blessed today with everything we have, whether it's your Apple phone, your watch, being able to fly in an airplane, be grateful for all of it. Have empathy for yourself so you can have empathy for others. Blake, it's Absolutely. a pleasure, pleasure having you. Uh, we call this show Boom Time. And uh, this is one of these shows I will not forget. I mean, if anything, I want to jump on a plane right now and come, and come to Vancouver and give you a big hug and go on a big hike into the wilderness and maybe not come back. Yeah. Get chased by grizzly bears. Hit. That happens sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I heard the story. I think yeah. on our next podcast, we'll get into the story of, of you fending off four or five grizzly bears. <laughs> that was, uh, <laughs> that was quite a story. And the best part is at least there's witnesses around. So it's not just a fishing story either. <laughs> oh, I heard it. We heard it talking story. Yeah, uh, really awesome. great to have you. Very grateful. Thank you for being a friend. Thanks, brother. Love you, and th thank Love you, you for too. inviting me on your podcast. I, I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, there's just a there's a few people who got inspired, and not as many people who got offended. You you are one bad motherfucker. Uh, we'll talk soon. Bad <laughs> Aloha. Talk soon.